Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for july 7th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be tonight sponsored by my beautiful friends over at DraftKings. We'll be talking about DraftKings a little bit later on in the show as it is a big weekend for DraftKings. Should be a big weekend for WWE. It should. They had what was a tremendous opening segment for SmackDown tonight, but 40 minutes. 40 minutes. A little bit too much, man. A little bit too much. That's when you start running into problems. Now, granted, A, it's the bloodline. Yes. It's the most watched segment in WWE. Anytime that they're on, no matter what, WWE did what they did tonight because it generates the ratings. It generates the ratings. WWE loves those 
breakdowns, those quarterly breakdowns of the bloodline, man. They love that shit. It's the bloodline. It's the best storyline in WWE history. And WWE is setting up for the main event of SummerSlam. 40 minutes went by. It didn't feel like 40 minutes. That's why it's the best thing in WWE right now. When it's on, you stop. When it's on, you don't do anything else but pay attention to what Jimmy J, Solo, Heyman, and Roman are doing in that ring. 40 minutes is a little bit too long, man. Then you start running into problems, and it starts bleeding into the rest of the show. It starts affecting the rest of the show. Three matches. Three matches in two hours because WWE wanted to go really, really heavy on story and bloodline over everything else. Normally, I don't have a problem with that. Normally, after a big wrestling-heavy show, it's nice to come back down to earth and give us some nice dialogue, some story. But WWE doesn't do that. WWE doesn't do great in-ring work, substantial week-to-week. It's nothing but pro wrestling. They don't do that. SmackDown has been plagued by the same things every single week coming out of WrestleMania. Shortened matches, things that don't matter, bloodline, everything else seems insignificant, rushed segment here, terrible women's division there, a mid-card title that doesn't mean shit. You got somebody in L.A. Knight, gonna mention it right now, inexcusable, inexcusable that you have the most over guy on the fucking brand. And he doesn't make it to live television inside Madison Square Garden. Are you serious? You couldn't find one fucking thing for this guy to do on the show. Not one. You couldn't squeeze him into the show for a fucking 30-second promo backstage. Nothing. For everybody that wanted LA Knight in a major program going into SummerSlam, you're shit out of luck, man. You are shit out of luck. Absolutely disgusting. WWE started the show off tonight with the bloodline, the trial of the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. They took him to trial. You know, WWE, they, Michael Cole said it. I'm going to pull up the article here because I don't know what he said word for word, but it definitely had to go in line with what I uh, am about to say. WWE likes to present and The IWC is talking about cinema, right? The fans of this are like, oh, this is cinema. This is great cinema. Michael Cole even went on Pat McAfee's show this week and said that the bloodline, Roman Reigns, and this story should win an Emmy. I mean... WWE's really getting a little greedy here, man. An Emmy or an ESPY for that tag team match in London. It was cinema. This is the going word now in WWE amongst the sheep and amongst everybody in the fucking company. Cinema. This is, we create cinema now. You can't, you can't really call this cinema if it's the only line of cinema that you're creating. It's this and everything else means nothing. 
WWE, if they really want to be considered for an Emmy or an ESPY, their entire fucking show should be built like the Bloodline story has been built. It's not. It's the Bloodline and then everything else. They don't give a shit about anything else. Michael Cole said this. When you have a story like the Bloodline, which for three years, and I said this on a number of occasions, should be nominated for an Emmy, Roman Reigns should be your best actor. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, The Uso, Solo, Sokoa, Paul Heyman, all these guys should be nominated. You can make an argument that we could win an SB or we could win an Emmy Award because what our guys do is so unique to our world. Not only are they tremendous athletes, and in my estimation, the best athletes on the planet because they can do things that many others cannot. But on top of that, they're actors. You have to be an actor. If you watched what Roman Reigns and company did in that tag team match in London, it was cinema. It really was. These guys are tremendous athletes who put their bodies on the line every week, but they're putting together an unbelievable story. End quote, says Michael Cole. Now, I I enjoyed what happened at Crown Jewel a little bit more. I enjoyed what happened at the Royal Rumble a little bit more than what I saw at Money in the Bank. The only thing that happened at Money in the Bank was Roman Reigns was pinned, one, two, three, by Jay Uso, clean in the middle of the ring, while he was still on a tremendous 1,000-day-plus title reign in a non-title situation. It's not really what I call cinema, but I get where he's going with that. But WWE's putting all their eggs into one basket with this bloodline story, and they're not focusing on anything else. They're not. And this is a problem. Everything else seems inconsequential. Everything else seems inadequate. Everything else seems inferior to what the WWE's doing with the bloodline. By the time we get into SummerSlam, the only match that will fucking matter The only thing that you're going to be looking forward to is Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. That is it. Is Roman going to get his revenge on Jey Uso or is Jey Uso going to be the one to take the title from Roman Reigns and end the streak? That's it. Everything else on that card will mean nothing. Meanwhile, you should have seven, eight matches with fucking blooming, rich story. And you don't. The Bloodline has the fortunate situation that it's something that's been built over three years. Everything else will have been built over three weeks. That I'm supposed to sit here and praise SummerSlam because WWE sold 45,000 fucking tickets inside Ford Field in Detroit. Tell me what I'm telling lies. I know I don't want to watch a fucking show that has one match at the top of the card and I got to sit three and a half fucking hours till we get there and everything else is, yeah, it's all right. It's Ricochet and Logan Paul and Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor and all this other shit that's going on. I'm sitting there shrugging my shoulders. All right, on to the next. All right, doesn't really mean much. On to the next. When's Roman coming out? Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. No, but this is this is the narrative that WWE wants out there. Triple H is the COO, the chief operating officer, right? 
or the chief content officer, whatever the fuck his title is. I don't even know what fucking title he holds. Who gives a shit what title he holds? He's a fucking puppet. That's his fucking title. CCO, chief content officer. Yeah, sure thing, pal. With Vince McMahon sitting in gorilla tonight. Which I'm sure you're aware of because Stanford, Connecticut, what's the uh, drive with traffic into Manhattan from Stanford, Connecticut? Two and a half hours, maybe? This is the fucking situation that we're in. And it sucks. People will be looking at SmackDown tonight, blinded with their fucking rose-colored glasses on. Oh, this was a great show. Oh, this was a great show. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You got a great bloodline segment and a decent match with Grayson Waller making his main roster debut. Then they trotted Roman Reigns back out there as if we didn't see him enough in the first 40 minutes of the fucking show. It was a great bloodline segment. Might as well fucking rename this show the Days of the Bloodline. Like Days of Our Lives. This wasn't SmackDown. This was the Bloodline show tonight. Everything else means Shit. No, but continue to sit there and praise cinema. Cinema. Meanwhile, you got a whole fucking roster of people, men and women, not being used inside Madison Square Garden, which is a huge fucking deal for WWE. They only visit Madison Square Garden at most for live TV twice a year. And you wasted 40 minutes of tonight's show on the bloodline. And nothing else. Shea Uso versus Roman Reigns is the only match at SummerSlam? Is there anything else coming off of Friday night that will be on SummerSlam's card August 5th? Who gives a shit? WWE doesn't give a fuck. We are basically there. It is July 7th. We will be less than a month away from SummerSlam. And nothing's been built for SummerSlam coming off of Friday Night SmackDown. But I'm the negative one. But I'm the negative one because I'm a little bit too real for you guys and I see things a little bit different than everybody else. What else happened on tonight's show, might you ask? Edge versus Grayson Waller. They had a decent match on Friday Night SmackDown. Grayson Waller finally makes his in-ring debut for Friday Night SmackDown in a losing effort, but not really because Edge put him over. He lost the match but won by the end of the night because Edge put him over in front of 14,000 people. Will this continue on? Will they get another match at SummerSlam? Will Grayson Waller get his win back? Probably not. But Edge only wrestled because Edge is Madison Square Garden. Last time he wrestled in Madison Square Garden, I believe it was against Seth Rollins in a great match at MSG on Friday Night SmackDown. So I wasn't surprised to see him wrestle tonight inside Madison Square Garden. Sheamus challenged for the United States Championship against Austin Theory. I didn't expect this match to even be on the show tonight, but here we are. Austin Theory, ice cold. He's like the abominable snowman out there. He is fucking ice cold. Seriously, Eskimos are looking at Austin Theory in jealousy because of how fucking cold he is. Ridiculous. That United States title means shit to anybody. 
They put it on the line tonight. You figured they'd change the fucking title and put it on Sheamus. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh, not tonight, because pretty dead. Doesn't want Sheamus to be the United States champion for whatever fucking reason. So now they'll probably run it back at SummerSlam, more than likely. If not, it'll be on the go-home show for SummerSlam that Friday night. Outside that, nothing else. Io Shirai try to cash in in about 90 seconds, and they rush through a women's segment. That lasted two minutes. Karrion Cross got legitimately injured in a 90-second match with AJ Styles. And that was it. That was it. Legitimately nothing else happened on Friday Night SmackDown. We will go over what happened in this trial of Roman Reigns tonight. And I want to thank you guys for joining me right here on the podcast. Tonight, sponsored by DraftKings. Make sure you guys check the live stream chat as I pinned all the info for you at the top of the live stream chat. Tonight's show, sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. We're going to kick it to a nice little sponsored ad right here for DraftKings. For the Friday Night SmackDown post show right here on OTS. Let me talk to you, man. UFC 290 is coming up this weekend. Have you guys built your bet slips yet? If not, I don't know what the hell you're all waiting for. Today's video is sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. And for all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY. You guys are going to bet $5, and get this. You're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. You heard me correct. All you have to do is use promo code JD from NY, bet $5, and you're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. Now you guys can stay in the action and use that $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings. Same fight parlays. For a shot at an even bigger payout, you guys can combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. The more bets you combine, the more you can win. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. And if sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry, man. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy for a shot at winning cash prizes. So I don't know what you guys are waiting for, man. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and all new customers bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you use my promo code JD from NY. That's bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys for helping me help DraftKings out. I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS tonight, man. Go hit them up. It's a big weekend. If you guys want to win some money and have some fun while doing it, DraftKings is the way. So go and click that link in the live stream chat right now, and I'm going to pin it in the comment section after the video is over. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. I'm also now on the new threads. If you guys want to find me on there, don't know how much I'll be using it, but uh, we will uh, take it day by day 
But with the way things are going right now with Twitter and everybody abandoning ship, it may be a nice secondary choice. So if you guys are on there, you guys can find me on there. You'll know it's me just by the things that I've already posted on there. So make sure you guys go check that out. Also, hit that subscribe button, man. Turn on that bell for notifications. We are on our way to 148,000 subscribers right here on the channel. I'd love to get as close to 150 before the end of the summer, if we could possibly do that. Make sure you guys get those likes in. I need you to hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. Absolutely, no questions asked. 1,000 is the minimum right here on OTS. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Uploaded two extras the last two days. Getting you guys covered with the news. So go check all that stuff out. We were live on Wednesday for Dynamite. We were live on Monday for Raw. Tuesday. We were not live with episode... I think it's episode four of TNT. My guy Andrew Baydala and myself will be live this coming Tuesday, man. We'll be right back at it after the holiday weekend that we just had. And we will get things going with that once again. But go check out all the content on the channel. Plenty of it for you guys. I would really appreciate it if you do. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And if you guys want to become a channel member, I would really appreciate that as well. It's a great way to support the channel. Support what I do here. Hit that join button down below and become a channel member of VIP. Right here on Off The Scripts. Would really appreciate that. And thank you guys for all the support via the Super Chats and the memberships, as always. SmackDown started off with the trial of Roman Reigns. WWE, they were starting off hot with this. They were not going to save this till the end. They started the show off with it on Friday night. The Usos made their way to the ring. And they are in the ring, and the Usos are incredibly over. They are right back to being Uso penitentiary over. In fact, moreover than that, fans are now singing along to the Usos theme song on Friday night. It's like fucking sing-along in WWE nowadays. Usos out there gloating about pinning Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman interrupted Before they even got into what they wanted to talk about, Paul Heyman interrupted. Ladies and gentlemen, fans started booing. Heyman did his shtick. He walked out with Solo. He says he is serving as defense counsel in this tribal court. Jimmy told Heyman, please shut his mouth. Heyman glanced at Solo, continued to talk anyway. Heyman said, neither of them are the ones who tell him when to stop talking. He said, the only person that will ever tell him to stop talking, at which point Solo put his hand over the microphone, took the microphone away from Paul Heyman. Heyman standing there wide-eyed. He was shocked that Solo did what he did. Solo walked over to the ring, turnbuckle, took the microphone, threw it over the top rope, stood there with his arms crossed, and out comes Roman Reigns. So, Roman Reigns is in the ring. Michael Cole mentioned that it's 1,041 days 
as world champion, the fourth longest of the modern era. Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno Sammartino were mentioned here. So Roman Reigns, standing there next to Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa by his side, he asked Heyman for the mic. Heyman placed the mic in his hand. Fans are chanting, you got pinned, you got pinned. Reigns told MSG to acknowledge him. Reigns says, yeah, you guys are right. I did get pinned. So the last time he checked, though, he's still the tribal chief. So we also got a brief tribal chief chant. Fans are very divided here for Roman Reigns. They don't know what they want to do. Reigns told the Usos they aren't talking to them. Fans then chanted, Uso, Uso. Reigns got very angry. His tone changed while talking to the Usos. If the tribal chief didn't call for tribal court, then this isn't really official. This isn't legitimate. Why are you wasting my time? He asked both Jimmy and Jay Uso. He asked who has the authority to put him on trial. I mean, I don't really see any lies there from Roman Reigns. Who, who really does have the authority to put Roman Reigns on trial? I mean, the Usos are outnumbered here. Heyman's not going to do it. Solo's not going to do it. Roman's not going to really offer himself up to trial. So it's basically three against two here. Yeah, we got Jimmy and Jay Uso holding tribal court. No Kevin Owens, no Sami Zayn. They weren't even involved in this, even though Sami Zayn has had a lot of say and a lot of feelings emotionally about Roman Reigns and the Usos and the bloodline. None of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens here tonight. Jimmy said, nah, not this time. Jay says he won't manipulate them like he usually does. We go to a 90-second video package, which was described as Exhibit A on the Titantron. We got a video package airing of Roman Reigns pie-facing Jimmy and being verbally abusive towards him in multiple situations, yelling at him, I run this, this is all mine. All this stuff about Roman and his anger issues towards everybody, Heyman, Jimmy, Jay, all of, all of Roman's anger issues just ended up in this 90-second clip. Back to live action, fans are chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up, and Fox, because they're fucking lame, had to bleep out the you fucked up chants, and we go dead silent on the broadcast here in New York City on Fox 5. I hate it. It's so fucking stupid. Like, we're in 2023. The word fuck is normally used in everyday language multiple times a day by legitimately everybody, yet we can't hear it on fucking television in a pro wrestling setting. I hate it. It's so fucking cringe to me. So, Reigns shook his head, and he said, no, I didn't. Answering the fans, chanting, you fucked up. No, I didn't. Fans then chanted, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Rain says, that's not who I am, as he's pointing to the Titantron. That's who I was forced to be. You think I wanted to lower myself? You think I wanted to do all that? He says, he did it for Jay, and he did it for Jimmy, and then turned to Solo and said, I did it for him as well. Rain says he was in a WrestleMania main event long before the bloodline. He says he didn't need the bloodline 
The bloodline needed him. Don't know how true that statement really is. Don't really know how true that statement is. This was absolutely a team effort. It was. That line really kind of, and I get it's Roman's character. I, I, I truly, I truly understand that that's Roman's character. But for him to say that, he said he didn't need the bloodline. The bloodline needed him. If Roman did not have the bloodline, Roman would not be as big as he is right now. Simple. If Roman did not have Jimmy and Jey Uso, he would not be as big as he is right now. This reign would be impressive. This reign would be history-making. But the bloodline would not be where it is today without Jimmy and Jay Uso. And then you add Solo, who's the third Uso. Where's the bloodline with all this? It's at the top of the fucking WWE food chain. It's the greatest thing in pro wrestling right now. Without these men, we don't get Kevin Owens. We don't get Sami Zayn. We don't get Usi. We don't get the story that ended at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens capturing the tag team titles with best friends coming together. We don't get Cody Rhodes. We don't get any of this. Roman is just Roman. I don't think a Roman on his own as the head of the table, the tribal chief without the bloodline is anywhere close to being this historic. So that line, that line is absolutely 100% debatable. You may not agree with it. I don't think Roman Reigns is where he is without his supporting cast. I don't. So he said he put himself in situations for the Usos and Solo to represent the family. He said, now they're trying to embarrass me by compiling footage of my worst moments. He said his daughter was in the back, not knowing who he is because of them. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I take on the weight of the world. He said he lifts up all of their families. I've got five children in my household. I didn't need to take on your families as well. I don't need this in my life. Right about now, umbrella service sounds real nice to me. He says he doesn't want it or need it. 
I'm done. I'm done with all of it. I don't want it anymore. So if you want it, it's yours. I'm done. Roman Reigns is standing there. He takes off his red lay, that lay that he wears around his neck, takes it off. He talked to Jay off the microphone, and then he says, you see what you've done? He gets on his knees. He throws the universal title down on the ground. Paul Heyman shocked in the background. Puts the lay around Jay Uso's neck. Everybody's asking themselves, what the fuck is he doing right now? He gets on his hands and knees. And he starts sobbing. You see a legitimate tear fall down Roman Reigns' face on his left side. He's looking up at Jay Uso. Everybody's thinking Jay Uso's now been appointed the new tribal chief. Roman was going to walk away from the bloodline. That did not happen. That did not happen. Roman Reigns got on his hands and knees as he's looking up at Jay Uso where the red lay. And he gives him a low blow. Michael Cole gasped, oh no. Jimmy saw this happen. He immediately attacked Roman Reigns. Solo threw Jimmy off of Reigns. When Jimmy was going to charge at Roman, Solo intercepted, gave him a Samoan spike. Solo picked up the red lay from the mat. He looked at it. Fans then chanted, put it on, put it on. The little hesitation by Solo Sokoa is another seed planted. Eventually, Solo Sokoa is going to feel the brunt of Roman's anger. And then a a Samoan spike is going to be right in Roman's future. Right to the throat. But they do these little teases with Solo Sokoa. He takes his time. He looks. He sees. Tonight, he looked at the red lay, picked it up. Everybody's already predicting Solo Sokoa is going to be the new tribal chief. He's going to lead the new bloodline. He's going to turn on Roman. He may be the one to take down Roman and win the fucking championship for all we know. He may be the new tribal chief. But the reason why they did that is because it's a seed planted. That could very well be where they are going. That's where a lot of the fans actually want this to go. To Solo, not to anybody else. So Solo picked it up. Fans are chanting, put it on, put it on. Reigns popped up from the mat, approached Solo. He lifted the lay, paused with it in his hand. And before anything happened, Jay attacked Reigns and Solo. Solo slammed Jay onto the mat with a rock bottom. And Michael Cole said that if there was any question about Solo's allegiance to Reigns, there isn't now. So clearly he's siding with Roman. Reigns gave Jimmy a Superman punch. Heyman was red-eyed as he was crying after all this fucking chaos during the trial. So Reigns and Solo began attacking Jimmy at ringside now. Reigns got very vicious. Reigns threw Jimmy into the steps several times. Jay made a save. Solo hit him with a vicious forearm, sat him on the ring apron, and tied him up, basically crucified himself into the ropes. Jay Uso is just there, tied up like fucking, like he's tied to the cross, and there's nothing he can do as they are beating down Jimmy with Jay watching. Reigns is looking at Jay, and he says, 
He's the tribal chief. Jay will never be the tribal chief as long as Roman is alive. He starts yelling at Jay, tied up. If there's air, you ain't ever gonna get it, he tells Jay Uso. Fans are chanting, Uso, Uso. Jay's arms remained in the ropes, nowhere for him to go. Reigns was just destroying Jimmy at ringside, head first into the steel steps, picked up the steel steps, rammed the steel steps into Jimmy several times. Jay eventually broke free, hit Solo, tackled Reigns. Solo recovered and gave him a Samoan spike. Jay was bumped onto the edge of the stairs, collapsed onto the floor. Solo threw him over the announced desk. Reigns then yelled at Solo to finish Jey Uso. So Adam Pearce, Jason Jordan, and other referees and officials came out to try and stop this thing. Solo has Jay, or I think it was Jay, on the, on the, on the announce table. And he jumps off the barricade and gives him a Samoan splash right through the table. That was it. Or Jimmy was on the announce desk. Jimmy was on the announce desk. Jay was fucking destroyed already after uh, he, he was tied up in the ropes. They threw him over. They, they threw chairs on top of him. Jimmy was just fucking boom, right through the announce desk. Big Samoan splash. Collapsed right there. Solo and Reigns stood over Jimmy. Reigns axed Heyman for the title belt. Reigns held it up as the fans rained down booze on Roman and Solo as their damage has been done. 40 minutes into the show. They went overtime with this. I don't mind a good story. I don't. I don't. Sometimes it's needed. WWE felt like they needed this to sell the big match at SummerSlam between Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, but not at the expense of the rest of the roster. Not at the expense of the entire show. That's where I have a problem with it. Now, the reason why I enjoyed this, outside of the obvious, everybody plays their parts fucking stellar. Absolutely incredible. Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, they've solidified themselves. If there's any discussion right now, put it to bed. Jimmy and Jay Uso, the Usos are the best tag team in the world, bar none. Nobody even close. Nobody close. Their work in this thing has been absolutely tremendous, especially Jay Uso. That's why he's the one at the forefront challenging Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. But after, after the Money in the Bank loss, after Roman was pinned, they needed to do something to answer all of those questions coming out of Money in the Bank. Roman was pinned. Now what? Roman looks weak. He should have been pinned. He's the universal heavyweight champion. He should have been pinned until he loses the championship. WWE needed to establish Roman as a dominating force. They needed to establish that he is as vicious, ruthless as they come. They did it with this segment. And it was against his own family which is even more ruthless because if he did this to his family, imagine him doing it to someone that doesn't sit in his family. They needed Roman to be vicious tonight. They needed that after coming out of that money in the bank pinfall. They established that here. 
And everything was absolutely picture perfect. Is Jey Uso going to be the one to take down Roman Reigns? No. No. Jey Uso is not going to be the universal champion. You think, do you genuinely think Roman Reigns, after suffering a pinfall loss for the first time in 1,040 days, do you genuinely think that WWE is going to have him get pinned two shows in a row? Give me a break. So for all the people out there, oh, Jay Uso, hey, he's going to win the championship. No, he's not. Do you genuinely think Roman Reigns is going to take two pinfall losses in back-to-back months? Come on now, man. WWE doesn't work that way. That's not the way this works. Jay is going to put up a hell of a fight. But Jay is not the one to beat Roman Reigns. He's not. I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint all the people out there that want this to end by the hands of Jay Uso, but it's not going to happen. with a $100 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. Right into the Mustang Dark Horse Fund. Appreciate you, brother. I actually watched two good matches tonight with Sheamus and Theory, Edge and Waller. Not one, but two matches tonight. I don't know what other stuff there was. Harold, you went wrong, man. Sheamus in theory was not even, to me, it wasn't even constituted as a match. I mean, it was a fucking commercial break. They they barely took commercial breaks during this bloodline shit. They took one commercial break. So theory and Sheamus, they got bombarded with commercial breaks, and that's all. Most of the match happened inside the commercial break, and we got the ending. So how good of a match was it to us watching it on Channel 5? On Fox. It wasn't. As far as I'm concerned, there was one good match on tonight's show, and that was Edge and Grayson Waller. And Harold Russell, thank you for the $100 bomb, brother. That is very generous of you, and I appreciate you being here inside the OTS venue. So, yes, it's not going to be Jay Uso. Roman's not losing that championship this year. The earliest Roman loses that championship is at WrestleMania 40. That is the only likely destination for him to lose the championship. Will it be against Cody? Will it be against Solo? We don't know. Only time will tell. They showed Jimmy being put inside an ambulance and Jay nervously watched. Michael Cole commented on all of what we've saw so far. Cole called it a vicious, ferocious Perverse assault by Solo and Roman on the Usos. We cut backstage, and the ambulance is already loaded with Jimmy. Adam Pierce is pounding on the side of the ambulance, yelling, Go, 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 go! They wanted Jimmy out of Madison Square Garden quickly. And Jay Uso was following right behind. He was in there with Jimmy as the Usos were taken out of MSG. 
We go into the night's first match, United States Championship match, Austin Theory versus Sheamus. I could count on one fucking hand how many times we've seen Austin Theory on TV coming out of WrestleMania. The WWE has done nothing with Austin Theory and the United States Championship. This would have been a perfect opportunity to take the title off of Austin Theory and put it on somebody that actually could make the championship worth something. And that did not happen. Most of this match took place in the commercial break. Most of what we got happened in the commercial breaks. There was two commercial breaks and a finish that was absolutely fucking deflating. Lame. We got two minutes. We got a commercial. Not really much I could say about a two minutes at the start of the match and then right into a commercial. They came back from commercial. Theory was in control. Sheamus cut him off, hit a big knee from the top rope for a two count. Sheamus cut Theory off as he was going to the top rope. Sheamus met him up there and was going for a white noise. Theory cut him off, hit a spinning side slam for a near fall. They go to another commercial break. Second commercial break. Sheamus was in control after we get back from the second commercial break. He went for a Celtic cross. Theory cut him off. Sheamus hit a spine buster. Applied the cloverleaf. Pretty dead. Lee walked out or ran out. Sheamus started to attack Elton Prince when they hit the ring. Theory hit a drop kick as the Brawling Brutes came out and took out Prince. Sheamus then targeted Kit Wilson, who was on the apron, and this allowed Theory to roll up Sheamus as Sheamus suffered dumb babyface syndrome. He paid a little bit too much attention to pretty dead. Lee on the apron and on the outside, which caused Theory to roll him up, hook the tights, one, two, three, and Austin Theory retains the United States Championship. Why has Austin Theory failed as the United States Champion? What do you guys think is the reason why Austin Theory has failed as United States Champion? You know, the man beat John Cena. The man beat John Cena at WrestleMania, and somehow Creative has dropped the ball with Austin Theory. I mean, it's almost creative malpractice. It's creative incompetence. How you beat John Cena at the biggest WrestleMania ever, and then he goes on to do nothing following that monumental win. That win for Austin Theory was bigger than winning the United States Championship. And they've done nothing. You know, a lot of people, you know, the narrative on social media, if, you, if you're on Twitter, the narrative about Austin Theory is that Oh, he's boring. He's he's missing this. He doesn't have that. He's boring. He's not good. I don't want to sit here and tell you Austin Theory's not good because Austin Theory is very good. He is very good, and he's only going to get better. Now, I don't know why he's failed, but again, I like I said, I could count on one fucking hand how many appearances he's made on TV following WrestleMania. If the fans aren't seeing him, if he's not getting out there, and then nobody really 
you know, understands what he's about, who he is, how the fuck can he get over in front of a live audience when I could count on one hand how many times we've seen him since April? Not really a good look. Nobody's going to get over if that's the fucking way they're doing it. But John Cena, John Cena says that he privately told Austin Theory everything he said in his promo weeks before WrestleMania in person. Everything that John Cena said to Austin Theory on that Raw right before WrestleMania, he said to Austin Theory in the locker room in person, face-to-face. Now, if you guys remember, John Cena returned for WrestleMania And on the March 6th episode, he delivered a promo in which he stated that Austin Theory was not ready for a WrestleMania match with him. He also called out the way WWE uses piped-in crowd noises for his matches because nobody cares. Cena recalled how he privately told Theory that he didn't believe what Austin Theory does in the ring. Cena noted that he came back and appeared on Raw in Boston because he felt like Theory couldn't carry a WrestleMania program by himself. Fans can see through the bullshit if you don't believe in your character. It's what I said to Austin Theory. I said, dude, you are young, you are athletic, you will work for this company, you'll do interviews, you'll do XYZ. I don't believe what you do when you are out there. I don't. I said it to him personally before I said it to him publicly. In a room with Austin Theory, I said, the reason I came back to Boston is because you can't do this yourself yet. You cannot carry a WrestleMania program by yourself yet. And if you fail, we waste the equity that I'm willing to give. And if in that match I get hurt, I hold up the production who puts 300 people out of work. Let's do this right. Let's get some equity here. Then you have to start thinking angles to be angles and go, well, what's the most important thing? What are we really trying to tell? What's our story? I don't believe in what you do. That's what I told him I'm going with. End quote. Do you believe what Austin Theory does? Do you believe in Austin Theory? Is Austin Theory the product of WWE pushing somebody way too fast before they're even ready for a major spotlighted role in WWE? I don't know. I don't know. But Austin Theory's got the look. Austin Theory's got the in-ring ability. Austin Theory has the mic work. He does. He's only going to get better at every single one of those things. But who is Austin Theory? Nobody knows. And nobody cares. Nobody. He needs some sort of direction. He needs some sort of foundation for himself. What is it? I need to care about somebody like that. What is the reason why we care about Austin Theory? We don't. Him cashing in the money in the bank on the United States Championship. I mean, fine. They fucked up with him. It was stupid. It was really, really fucking stupid. But at that point, you could look at how fucking stupid that was and how detrimental that was to his character then. But coming out of that, when Triple H had somewhat of a say 
and what was going on. From that, we got a more ruthless Austin Theory. We got a more aggressive Austin Theory. We got an Austin Theory that wasn't standing around taking fucking pictures of himself and acting fucking pompous and acting like an Instagram model. That was Vince McMahon's Austin Theory. So if anything came out of that, we got who we got now. But they did nothing with who we got now. They thought putting him in a match with John Cena and the fans looking at him at WrestleMania in a match with John Cena, pinning John Cena to start the show on that Saturday night, that would be all that is needed for people to believe in Austin Theory. But then they followed it up like they usually do by doing nothing. By doing nothing. He was not in a major program they didn't feud him with anybody big. They did nothing with the United States Championship. They did nothing with the United States Championship and put all that equity into the Intercontinental title when both secondary titles should have been on the same fucking path. Meanwhile, Gunther took the IC title this way and Austin Theory did nothing with his title. But Gunther's been featured weekly. Gunther's been in major matches. Gunther's been fucking all over the place. Gunther's been the best thing about WWE television, not name the bloodline. Can't say the same about Austin Theory. If Austin Theory was given the same fucking equity like Gunther has been by WWE, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here complaining about the United States Championship and WWE better off taking the title off of him and putting it on somebody like a Sheamus. I don't know where we go. I don't. I'll tell you where I would love it to go. I don't know what we get out of this. Clearly, this is going to set up another match. Clearly. Sheamus is not going to let this fucking slide with Pretty Deadly out there and Austin Theory cheating his way to another fucking title victory. Is Sheamus going to be the one to take the title off of Austin Theory? That, to me, is beneath Sheamus. That title is beneath Sheamus. I don't know. What I wish WWE would do is throw LA Knight into the mix. You want somebody that is going to make the title better? Look at LA Knight. That's who should win the United States Championship. He's over with the fans. He's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. People want to see him. People believe in him. Everything that Austin Theory does not have, L.A. Knight has. So why are we still running this L.A. Knight train when we got, or Austin Theory train rather, when we got L.A. Knight as over as he is? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we get another match with Sheamus. Maybe we get Austin Theory and LA Knight at SummerSlam. But something's got to be done. The United States Championship cannot continue on this trajectory on Friday night. Can't. We got a Grayson Waller effect with Edge. Edge is back in WWE. Grayson Waller got an introduction to the Madison Square Garden crowd. He says he knows everyone is thinking that they've never seen such a handsome bloke like him before. Said his guest is an 11-time world champion and a WWE Hall of Famer. 
he introduced the rated R superstar, Edge. Edge made his entrance. He gets in the ring. He's got a microphone. He's sitting next to Waller at his big desk with the palm trees in the background. It's a steaming hot night in New York City. And yes, it was, man. It has been disgusting the last two days. Waller interrupted and said, all right, all right, all right. Get to the big announcement. And Edge said, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't have a big announcement. It's my 25th anniversary in WWE. And Grayson Waller kept egging him on. And get it, get on with it. What else you got? It's 25 years, but what else you got? Waller said Edge was too embarrassed to say it, so I'll say it for him. It's pretty simple. He said Edge is going to retire. Waller said Edge is too embarrassed to say it, but he's got a good career and he saved his money. He asked, why is he back in WWE? And Edge said, well, it's pretty simple. It's because of them. He pointed to the fans. He stood and he said he goes way back with them. He mentioned his first PLE with the company, which was SummerSlam 1998. They were called PPVs back then, not PLEs. Talked about the different setup Madison Square Garden had back then, which I actually loved. I love that setup for Madison Square Garden back in the day. It was awesome. He talked about the different setups. He pointed where he came out during the old setups. He says he dove over the ropes when I still could. He said from then on, the fans opened their arms to him. He says he knows respect is hard won in New York City. He says it's a silly foot of silly city full of hard workers and big dreamers. He says he's always been a hard worker and a big dreamer, and he still is to this day. New York, that's why you and I work. Waller then said that Edge was going to retire. Waller said that's why it's so appropriate that Edge's big announcement that that is retiring tonight. Told fans to stand up and thank Edge for everything he's done. Edge said last week Waller was standing eye-to-eye with Cena, and now he's standing in MSG opposite him. Pretty damn good for Grayson Waller, who hasn't wrestled a single match on the main roster. He said someone obviously sees something in him, but he's only been there for a hiccup, and he hasn't even had a match on the main roster yet. Edge says he has doggy paddled into deep waters, and it's time to sink or swim. So the powers that be have arranged for him to have a match tonight, and he revealed it will be against Grayson Waller. Waller looked shocked. So there you go. Grayson Waller's first match on the main roster is with the rated R superstar inside Madison Square Garden. AJ Styles. He went one-on-one with Karrion Cross, who had his entrance cut. No entrance for Karrion Cross. Zero. Michael Cole. This was very important. Important dialogue here by Michael Cole. Michael Cole noted that there was a rumor backstage that Cross has a leg issue. A legitimate leg issue. Cross's left leg was heavily taped. The bell rang 14 minutes into the 9 o'clock hour. Cross tossed Styles around, threw an elbow to the side of his head. He landed a cross hammer, applied the cross jacket. Styles dropped down with a jawbreaker to escape. He hit Cross with a forearm. He then set up for the phenomenal forearm, but Scarlett grabbed his boot. Meechin ran over. <laughs> Mia Yim ran over. Beat up Scarlett at ringside. 
Cross put Styles on his shoulders. Styles elbowed himself free. Goes to the top. Springboards into a phenomenal forearm. One, two, three. And that was it. Karrion Cross loses to AJ Styles in two minutes. Now, I know a lot of people, I even questioned it. What the fuck are we doing with Karrion Cross? What are we doing? I looked at this and I'm like, what are we doing? I did not know about a legitimate injury. I heard nothing about an injury. Apparently, it happened earlier in the day. I have people that reached out to me via DM, and they've confirmed with me that it's a legitimate injury, and Cross may be seeing some time on the injured list. This may be good for him. Because right now, he's going nowhere. Nowhere. I don't know what we do. I don't know what we do with Karrion Cross. For all we know, everybody watching this show did not know about this while we were watching it, and you went right to the word buried. I get it. I understand. Creative has done nothing with Cross, or even AJ Styles for that matter. Don't know how you got somebody like AJ Styles this insignificant on a Friday Night SmackDown show. I don't get it. Really don't understand. That, those, see, those are the types of guys that should be wrestling for the United States title. Seriously. But carrying Cross, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? If Cross was injured, why was he out there losing in two minutes? Well, WWE didn't want to cancel the match. Cross, who's to say? Cross, a New York guy, right? Cross, inside Madison Square Garden, wants to be in front of this crowd, wants to wrestle in his hometown, did not want to miss the opportunity to wrestle in front of Madison Square Garden crowd. Who's to say? You know? He might have went out there injured, but he didn't want to give up the spot tonight. He didn't. Hey, I want to wrestle in front of Madison Square Garden. If I got to lose in two minutes, I'm going to get the fucking job done, put AJ over, and then go back and heal myself up. But I'm going to go out there. I'm not a bitch. I'm not not some fucking scrub on this roster. I want to go out there and show that I'm for the company. Don't take this opportunity away from me. But I understand people's hesitations. I do. It's almost as if that Adam Cole promo was fucking living day by day as 100% fact. All he is is a fucking entrance with a beautiful blonde by his side. That's it. But carrying across, man, I don't know. He's shown, he, he has shown glimpses of what he could fucking do if the company just gets fucking behind him. You're not going to get over in two minutes. You're not. And, and before this, how long did they go? Six minutes? It wasn't anywhere, you know, it wasn't anywhere fucking close to where it needed to be. But Cross has been dealt a bad hand and constantly continues to get dealt bad hands. He's not bad. We know he's not bad. He just needs something to connect with the crowd. That's all he needs. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, it's not the blonde. Clearly, it's not his entrance. I mean, he's got everything working for him. He's got Scarlet. He's got the entrance. He's a great fucking promo. He's not bad in the ring. He's not but he's not connecting. All people look at 
is boring. All people look at as Vince was right. Triple H brought back his boy and done nothing with him. Maybe what Cross needs is to go babyface. Maybe Cross and this heel run is not working out. Maybe they really need to take Cross and the foundations of what Cross is, who Cross is, and present that in a babyface manner. Maybe they need to make him relatable to the fucking crowd. Because right now, fans just don't care. They don't. All they see is, oh, yeah, his wife is beautiful. Oh, he's got a great entrance. That's it. That's all they care about. But the guy is talented. He is. They just got to fucking tap into that and see where they could work with it. At this point, I don't know if WWE is going to give any more to Cross on top of what they've already given him. They've already given him everything. They gave him the whole fucking production. They'll probably look at him and blame him that he couldn't get over. But WWE Creative really isn't trying either. They're not. It's almost as if when Vince McMahon came back, they went right back to doing what they did with him. Nothing. He's got the girl. He's got the entrance. He's got, you know, he got a job. And right now it just feels like the Vince administration is looking at him thinking, this guy's lucky he has a job and we'll leave him, we'll leave him at that. Not really a good feeling if you're cross. Asuka made her way to the ring. Asuka was in the ring holding her belt up and yelled, No one is ready for Asuka. Great. Belair ran out to her music and started brawling with Asuka. She snuck in a big ponytail uh, twirl on her way to the ring. So she had enough to do that, but she wants to come out and fucking beat the shit out of Asuka. If you're, if you're in a mood where you want to beat the shit out of a bitch, then you shouldn't be twirling your fucking ponytail. Hey, yeah, you know. Come on. There's a time and a place for that. Charlotte ran out. Belair met her on ringside. They brawled. Oscar climbed to the top rope. All of a sudden, EO attacked her with the briefcase. Bailey then slammed Oscar onto the briefcase and Sky landed the big top rope moonsault. Bailey told the referee she was cashing it in, but Belair yanked Bailey out of the ring and the briefcase goes flying. Charlotte then kicked EO in the face with a big boot and Michael Cole reiterated that the contract was never handed to the official, so it wasn't cashed in. This segment felt very rushed. This segment felt very rushed. Like, we get it. We're getting Belair versus Asuka versus the Android at SummerSlam. But I don't know why we needed a cash-in attempt here by EO. I don't. Again, there's a time and a place for that to happen, not in a fucking 90-second segment. That feels fucking rushed. Get in, get out, onto Roman Reigns. Or whatever else was next. Edge and Grayson Waller was next. Onto Edge and Grayson Waller. Edge made his ring entrance. He goes one-on-one with Grayson Waller. This was easily outside the bloodline stuff, obviously, as far as in-ring is concerned, easily, by far and away, the best thing on the entire show. 
they got a lot of time. They got more than enough time here. They went about 14 minutes for TV match. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Crowd was into it. I don't think the crowd is kind of into Grayson Waller completely yet. They don't really get him. I don't know what the fans are thinking about Grayson Waller. Maybe they find him obnoxious in a bad way. Maybe they look at him as, who is this guy? He's cool, but I don't really care about him yet. The vibe isn't there with Grayson Waller and the fans yet. But you could see where WWE is on Grayson Waller. You could see how they feel about Grayson Waller, being that he's in the ring every week with a Grayson Waller effect, with big names. He was in the ring with John Cena at Money in the Bank. He was in the ring tonight with Edge. Clearly somebody sees something in him, right? Edge was in control. Hit a gut-wrench suplex. Then he had a fall-away slam. He set himself up for a spear, but Waller countered the spear with a big knee. Slid out of the ring. Clotheslines, edge. We got a commercial break. Back from commercial, Waller's in control. He worked over Edge's neck. Edge attempted to come back with some forearms. Waller cut him off. Waller went to the middle rope. Edge cut him off again. Started to climb up to the second rope with Waller. Waller fought back. Sent Edge back down face first. Waller jumped off the turnbuckle. Edge got knees up right into the ribcage of Grayson Waller. That looked like it sucked. I legitimately felt Grayson Waller struggling to breathe coming through the television. Edge connected with a flapjack. And Edge then hits a crossbody off the top rope as he goes up top. Crossbody. Waller kicks out. Near fall. Waller hit Edge with a big boot in the corner, rolled over the back of Edge and hit a very nice-looking float-over unprettier on Edge for a near fall. He then landed a rolling forearm, goes for another cover, gets a two-count. Edge cut off Waller with an execution DDT. He missed the spear in the turnbuckle. He hits the turnbuckle face first, does Edge. Grayson Waller goes to the outside. He goes for his rolling cutter finish which usually is him on the outside. He rolls into the ring, gets momentum, cutter. But Edge, upon Waller coming into the ring, hits a beautiful-looking spear. Very cool-looking finish. One, two, three, and Grayson Waller suffers his first match and his first defeat in WWE on the main roster. After the match, Edge grabs the microphone and told Waller, He swam. It's either you sink or you swim. He said that during the Grayson Waller effect earlier in the night. He gets the microphone after the match is over and basically put over Waller saying, tonight, you swam. I know a lot of people are looking at this and the old me would have probably complained about this, but I'm a little bit more knowledgeable than most on Grayson Waller. I watch NXT. I know the work he's done in NXT. I know how good he is. I know how great he is on the microphone. I know how charismatic he is. He's going to be a big deal for WWE. And SmackDown is a great place for him to start out. It really is. A lot of people are like, oh, he lost his first match. Why isn't JD complaining about him losing his first match? Can't really complain about Grayson Waller. Losing his first match when 
Literally a week ago, he was in the ring with John Cena complaining about WrestleMania in London and offering WrestleMania in Australia. And then the next week, he's on SmackDown in front of Madison Square Garden's crowd against Edge, a 25-year veteran. I mean, I don't know why you would complain about that. He went 15 minutes with Edge. He looked great. Edge gave him a ton of offense. And then Edge put him over on the microphone saying that he swam. Grayson Waller is going to be a big deal in the company. A loss here to Edge does nothing. He stood toe-to-toe with a legend for 15 minutes at Madison Square Garden. WWE loves this guy. I don't know what else to tell you. Is he the next Jericho? Is he the next MJF? Who knows? He's got a little MJF in him. He's like a he's like a, a wannabe great value Walmart MJF. Yeah, nobody's gonna be MJF. But that doesn't mean Grayson Waller can't be successful. I'm not really big on his ring attire. I think it's a little fucking cheesy. The boxing tights and all that other shit that he does in there. The fucking shimmying with the boxing. I mean, it's kind of kind of low budget, right? But Grayson Waller is going to be one of those guys that WWE looks at as one of the future pieces of the company. So a loss here tonight does nothing. In the end, he won because Edge told him, hey, you swam. And if that's coming from Edge, that means more than anything. He could have won the match and Edge not say that. What good would it have done? What good would it have done for Grayson Waller? Winning the match against Edge and then Edge not saying that. In fact, I would have taken the L and have Edge stand in front of 14,000 people telling me, you swam with me. Great. It's basically Edge giving Waller A round of applause without actually doing it. Good stuff. Roman Reigns. They showed him backstage holding his lay. The one that he put on Jey Uso. He was holding the lay backstage. Paul Heyman entered and told Reigns that Jey Uso was back inside Madison Square Garden. He was looking for him. And Reigns says... He wouldn't have to look hard. I'm going to be in the ring. So we go to the final segment of SmackDown tonight, which was Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Reigns, Heyman, Solo in the ring. They did everything again. He asked MSG, all of New York, to acknowledge him. Fans booed. The Uso's music played. Jey never came out, but then he did. He walked down the aisle in the crowd. And he walks down through the crowd. Solo met him at ringside. Jay leapt over the barricade, tackled him. Jay went after Reigns in the ring with the chair. Solo yanked the chair away. Jay went after Reigns in the ring with the chair. Solo yanked it away, like I said, and Reigns rolled to ringside. Jay bashed Solo with the chair viciously several times. And Solo was basically taken out. Jay stood in the ring. Solo rolled to the floor. Reigns and Heyman watched from the entrance. And Jay takes the microphone. He holds Roman's title belt up. Reigns yelled for him to put it down. Jay paced back and forth and told Roman Reigns that he is the judge 
jury and executioner right now. He said now he has to get him. He says he doesn't care about brothers or the wise man. Just me and you, one-on-one. And he better accept his challenge so he can whoop his ass one more time. He called this now trial by combat. Basically, what we got is Roman Reigns and Jey Uso at SummerSlam. He says, Jey wants to main event and be main event Jey Uso, Michael Cole says. He wants to be main event Jey Uso and end the Tribal Chief once and for all. I don't know if that's going to be uh, what happens here, but we definitely got our SummerSlam main event all lined up for sure. It's Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Outside that, SmackDown was a dud of a show. A dud of a show. The only thing outside the bloodline was Grayson Waller and Edge, and that was basically it. Everything else rushed, 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 rushed. That's what you get when Vince McMahon is backstage running the show. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me on this Friday night. Tonight, Sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings is the official sponsor of SmackDown. And not only SmackDown, but off the script for 2023. Let me talk to you, man. UFC 290 is coming up this weekend. Have you guys built your bet slips yet? If not, I don't know what the hell you're all waiting for. Today's video is sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. And for all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY, you guys are going to bet $5 and get this. You're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. You heard me correct. All you have to do is use promo code JD from NY, bet $5 and you're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. Now you guys can stay in the action and use that $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings same fight parlays for a shot at an even bigger payout. You guys can combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. The more bets you combine, the more you can win. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. And if sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry, man. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy for a shot at winning cash prizes. So I don't know what you guys are waiting for, man. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and all new customers. Bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you use my promo code JD from NY. That's bet $5. Get $150 back in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show right here on Off the Scripts. Click that link in the live stream chat. You guys want to get in on that this weekend. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And Cameo also on Threads, the new Instagram Twitter clone. If you guys are on there, find me, follow me. Let's have a good time on there. 
Don't know how many times I'll be posting on there, but we'll see what happens, man. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. I will have more videos out this weekend. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I only see 741 likes on the live stream, man. We need more than that. We need as close to 1,000 as possible, man. 1,000 likes is the minimum, the goal tonight on OTS. And hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and get those super chats in, man. We're going to get into these super chats right now. OTS Tribal Queen with 19 months in the OTS venue. Roman strikes back. I love it. The guy is the total opposite of the mighty Omas. OTS for life. Thank you, Tribal Queen, for 19 months. Mohammed with a two. Kind of want Jay to win now. I kind of got to let you know that Jay's not going to win it. William with a $5 super chat. JD, are you going to see Alter Bridge on 8-2 in Asbury Park or Foxwoods on the 12th? Uh, I'm thinking about going to Foxwoods, William. Um, might be getting a hotel room out there. Don't know yet. Uh, tickets are pretty pricey on the secondary market. Uh, I was too late on buying the tickets, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. Apparently, Scott Stapp is getting Creed back together. And they got new music coming out, supposedly. What I don't understand is everybody's crazy about Creed. Meanwhile, Creed is basically Alter Bridge. And Alter Bridge is a better version of Creed fucking a thousand times over with better music, much better music. And one of the greatest voices of our generation singing for their band. And meanwhile, everybody's excited about Creed getting back together. But I guess this goes to show you that the simpletons like very simplistic fucking music, very generic music like Creed. It bothers me as, a, as an Alter Bridge fan that Creed gets all the accolades and the spotlight and, oh my God, Creed is getting back together. But basically, Alter Bridge is Creed. Mark Tremonti is Creed. He writes the music. Mark Tremonti writes the music for Alter Bridge. Yet we're sitting here talking about fucking Creed. It's ridiculous, man. Creed is over, and I mean overrated. Their best song is What If, by the way. Sinister, if you were not a fucking uh, VIP, bro, you would have been fucking benched. I would have fucking absolutely... I would have taken a shit on that fucking block button, bench button. We'll give it a listen. We'll give it a listen, man. Uh, Sato Fortune with a $5 Super Chat. So literally everyone that was in the Money in the Bank appeared on WWE television this week, except for my boy L.A. Knight. They're doing him dirty. Keep on rocking, J.D. It's 
kind of pathetic, man, that LA Knight couldn't even find his way onto uh, a SmackDown inside Madison Square Garden. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Well, they hinted at the SummerSlam main event. I think we get a swerve, and Jimmy turns on Jay at the pay-per-view. And where in the world have Sammy and KO gone? Why are we turning Jimmy and Jay on each other? Why, why would WWE break up their best tag team ever? Joseph Taylor with a fight all Super Chat. JD, I would like to see a Kenny versus Randy Orton match one day. So would I. That could be a possibility if Kenny Omega joins WWE next year. Lord Jay Coyle with a $2 Super Chat. Karrion Cross got squashed. What now for Cross? Well, he didn't get squashed. He was injured and went out there and wanted to wrestle in front of his hometown. Ulysses with a $5 Super Chat. Why Paul Heyman come out there with two titles like he's the Undisputed Universal Champion or something? Seriously, why come out with the three titles? All for perception, Ulysses. They want you to know and see Roman is the champion of WWE. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. The show was 100% rewritten. Seamus Cross got no entrance. AJ Cross got three minutes. Women got one five-minute segment, no matches. Uh, that was more, that was less than five minutes. Nothing but bloodline matters to Vince. Other than Edge Waller, nothing mattered. That's why I ranted for about 15 minutes to open the show. The professional guy with a $2 super chat. JD, my worst day. Worst day of my life, going to the casino and bar. Bro, gambling is a hell of an addiction. Don't. There's one thing my grandfather told me, because I frequent Atlantic City a lot and I have a fucking apartment down there. Don't go into the casinos, especially if you're winning. Do not give them your money back. Do not give them their money back. Jason Barker with a $10 Super Chat. Everything on the show felt rushed because of the Tribal Court, but the worst match was AJ versus Karrion Cross because of several weeks of build. Only to have a two-minute match feels criminal. Well, Cross was hurt, Jason. Cross was legitimately suffering an injury. Uh, He already suffered an injury before the show. Michael Evans becomes a new member. Thank you, Michael Evans. What the fuck are you drinking, Michael Evans? Tay-Tay! With 11 months. Hey, JD, I'm under the weather tonight. What was up with AJ versus carrying Cross tonight unless Cross was hurt? Why did it go three minutes? Because Cross was hurt. D-Man with a 199. Three matches in two hours. What the fuck? What a waste. VKM blows. He does. Robert Hurt with 28 months. Thank you, Robert Hurt. JD, brother, gotta ask. Who does that awesome guitar music when you're coming on? 
Andy James. Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. Cheers, JD. Just enjoying a nice cold blue moon with an orange slice. Got my Legends of JD shirt in the mail last week. Great job on that design. Thank you, brother. Thank you for guys. Ma- thank you to you guys for making that a very successful campaign. King Kong. Hello, JD. What was your favorite WWE pay-per-view between 2020 and 2023? All hail our tribal chief of the IWC. My favorite pay-per-view between 2020 and 2023 was probably WrestleMania Night 1 this year. Harold Russell, thank you again, brother, for the $100 bomb. Appreciate you, man. As always... The Yankees are losing, huh? Or the Yankees lost to uh, the Cubs? Sorry to hear that. Looks like we won't be getting a Braves-Yankees World Series this year, huh? Ulysses with a 15 in Super Chat. I've seen people still being Roman haters, saying he can't act or he has a little to no charisma and mic skills. I'm like, what the fuck? What have they been watching, especially tonight? No way anyone can say to me Roman doesn't have it. He's definitely going to Hollywood one day. He has better acting skills than John Cena already. Bro, the people hating on Roman are fucking blithering idiots with the IQ of an empty fucking soda can. Stay off social media. Harold Russell with another 20. Thank you, brother. I can see Jimmy turning his back on Jay to make Jay lose against Roman. Maybe setting up Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania 40. I don't know, man. I don't like this narrative. I don't. I do not break up Jimmy and Jay. I do not have Jimmy turn on Jay. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why would he turn on Jay? Jealousy? Harold also with a five. What John Cena said is aging very well before WrestleMania 39. Absolutely. What you do in that ring doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Jarrett Howard with a $2 super chat. Watch Sound Freedom or Sound of Freedom, a powerful movie by Jim Caviezel. Child trafficking is a huge deal in this uh, in this country, man. It's disgusting. You know the Hollywood pedophiles are uh, fucking uh, feasting on the organs and blood of fucking young children, man. I, I can't stand. I can't stand this fucking world. I can't. All the satanic imagery and all the satanic fucking signs and hand symbols that you see everywhere in Hollywood. It's disgusting. It really is. Most of the people are numb to it. All of your politicians and all of your fucking Hollywood elite are all pedos. They all. All are. Jared, thank you, brother. Uh, G2G Corey with a one. One dollar super chat. Thank you, brother. 
499. J.D., remember when it said that Carlito was going to be advertised at Madison Square Garden for tonight's episode of SmackDown, and it didn't happen. Um, I don't know if that was officially advertised, Ali, but there was no Carlito on tonight's show. I would have loved to see Carlito, but maybe they're saving him for something else. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. WWE posted a digital exclusive 15 minutes ago of LA Knight and hit row after the show where he buried them even more than they already were. I have to go watch that. Maybe we should listen to that right now. Where is this digital exclusive? Is it on YouTube? Let's see if we can figure that out. WWE, where are you? Let's see. Oh, look, I type in WWE and look at whose live stream is right at the top of the search. It's me. There you go. Um, Let's see. A digital exclusive, huh? Where is this digital exclusive? I don't see it. I see nothing about LA Knight here. Or maybe it was on Twitter. Let's let's check Twitter. Let's check WWE's Twitter. Let's see. Did WWE do something on Twitter with LA Knight? Oh yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me uh, let me get the sound for you guys here. Hold on. Let's get the sound over here. We need to shut this off. Hold on one second. Disable that. Get your headphones. There you go. There you go. Let's see. I only need two bars for y'all to start singing. Uh. <laughs> this the only ring the Knicks are winning in this city. <laughs> Y'all knew that. Stop playing. That's because the New York Knicks, Corey. I don't want to get fucking copyright striked here, man. Hold on. Let's see. He got a big reaction. Oh, he... Oh, they just brawl. Did he take a microphone? Hold on, he he, he does take a microphone, hold on. Talk to you. New York, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. New York, tell them whose game this is. Yeah. How are you not pushing him? How are you not pushing him? Look at the reaction. 
Let me talk to you. New York, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. New York, tell them whose game this is. Fucking ridiculous, bro. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh my goodness. They gotta they gotta fix that. They gotta fix that big time, man. Thank you, Sean Ray J. Thank you for ten, uh, letting us know about that, man. Yo, John with a 199. JD, what do you think of a bloodline fatal four-way? No, thank you. Bradley Xavier with a $2 Super Chat. Did you like Damien Sandow's intellectual gimmick? I thought Sandow was fucking great. WWE dropped the ball big time on that one, man. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. JD, the difference between Creed, Hindi... And Alter Bridge. Two of them are Christian rock bands. And the other one is a rock band. Joseph, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what you sing about. They're both rock bands. One is harder than the other. One is more musically talented than the other. Four zip with a 199. Keep LA Knight of TV return in the Rumble and win. Or keep keep him off TV, you mean, in the Rumble and win the Rumble. LA Knight is not winning the Royal Rumble. LA Knight is not winning the Royal Rumble. Sue with a $5 super chat. I'm one person... To have someone like you tell the freaking truth. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. Neon, the synthetic kid with a 199 super chat. Roman's promo tonight gave me Heisenberg vibes. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Pizza turned with a 12 months, one year, and a year. And Ricardo Lino with a $5 super chat. There is only one explanation for why LA Knight is not being pushed. There's a fucking vegetable in charge. BKM, one more month until I get my OTS title. Appreciate you, Ricardo, as always, brother. Guys, hopefully you had a good time tonight. I had a good time tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed the stream tonight, sponsored by DraftKings. Please, if you do anything for me tonight, hit up DraftKings, man. It's a great offer. Support DraftKings. They're here for, for us, with us, for the rest of the year. Let's show, let's show them the power of the OTS family, man. Thank you guys very much for all your support. You'll probably see me in the sub boxes at some point this weekend, man. I'm not going to be doing collision. I got prior engagements to take care of, so I will not be around Saturday night. I will be watching and live tweeting, but I will not be live. So make sure you guys keep it right here on the channel. Appreciate you guys very much for all your support. 
Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes on the SmackDown post. And check out DraftKings. Click that link at the top of the live stream chat and at the top of the comment section down below. Until next time, guys, thank you very much for all your love and support. Thank you to Super Chats tonight. Thank you for your energy. And I will see you guys right back here with more OTS. I'll see you guys later.